What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Ship Podcast. It's episode 95, uh, and today I'm talking to one of the uh, creators of the Fact Finding Podcast. Uh, it was something that it was around for a little while. Um, they took a hiatus, which we talk about, and uh, and then they came back for a bit, and then it's kind of. Uh, I was talking to him about um, spinning it back up and trying to encourage him, <laughs> encouraging him to do that. Uh, and we talk about that. We talk about a lot of different things all over the place. So it's a lot of um, like the the story of fact finding, some of the naval nuclear experience, and then also uh, some he made chief really young. So we kind of got into a little bit of that about like the rank as an incentive and making chief really early, and how, like how that may or may not set somebody up for failure. Uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Really, really great time talk to him. I hope to do so again uh, in the future, whether it's on here or uh, on their podcast, which if you're not already inundating them with requests to uh, to get some episodes up and could keep doing the damn thing, uh, you should get on that. In lieu of ever having a sponsor, I've basically created my own. If you want to support us, go to dgutsapparel.com. So don't give up the ship apparel. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at DGuts Apparel. Uh, it's Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. I went out of my way to create some really awesome stuff that I think you'll really enjoy. And it's some stuff that I think you'll actually wear. Uh, I hate all the stuff in the Navy Exchange section. I hate a lot of the stuff I see on social media where some somebody's side hustle is creating like nauseating gear that no one actually wants except for like crusty old retirees, which I'm about to be. So I don't know if I should uh, talk smack, but anyway, uh, go check it out. Dgutsapparel.com. If you want to support us, that's the best way to do it. And I would really appreciate it. But, uh, with that, uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. Check it out. All right. So it's recording now. So yeah, so I'm pumped cause like, and I, I would talk to you offline for hours, um, about all the grimy details, but let's get as much of it as you're comfortable with in a recording. So just start with like your background in the Navy. So people kind of understand your context and then we'll launch into the fact finding stuff. And sure. Go from uh, there. So my name, I, I have no problem putting my name out there or whatever. Okay. Um, my name is uh, Chris Hanhurst. Uh, I was a surface mechanic, nuclear chief. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in for 10 years. I made chief at the six year mark. And then I spent, uh, the rest of my time, grief. Uh, I spent the entire years. I, it, kind, Good yeah, Lord. I know. We'll you, talk you, about you, that later too. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I don't hate you, but yeah, we'll talk about it later. Um, so I had spent uh, my time in was, it was kind of fast tracked through the training program. Not that I uh, did anything. It, it just when you go through the nuclear training program, there are certain hold periods, right? You mm-hmm. might get to a school and you might have, you know, a hold there for a, a period of two or three months. And then you, you go in right. and then there's a, there's another hold period before power school. And then there's another hold period before prototype. And it just seemed like I had classed up as soon as I got there. So I think I, I got to South Carolina and in PTC on a Friday and we mm-hmm. were classed up on Monday. They're, that's okay. just the way that I had made my way through. After that, I had I was in Saratoga Springs for New York prototype. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I was, after my training period there, I was picked up as a junior staff instructor. So instead of going to sea at my right. year and a half marker, I, I was picked up as a junior staff instructor for I that's think the a year the spoo thing that's what they call them on that's submarines. the spoo thing okay spoos okay 
uh, and everybody hates them no yeah. matter where you go. <laughs> uh, they always come with a chip on their shoulder. They, they're, yeah. just, they're, they're odd. They're odd animals because yeah. they come onesie twosie. They don't have a class that they're associated with. And, mm. you know, they, these guys have been doing their job for a year and a half standing watch. And obviously yeah. it's not the same platform, but they've been training, they've been teaching, they've been, and, and there are good spoos and there are bad spoos, but yeah. they, they come with a chip on their shoulder. And I, I remember, um, I'd showed up to my ship uh, after my, my spoo tour. Mm-hmm. And because I was a spoo, uh, I wasn't allowed to have rack curtains. So somebody would come around what? and every day, <laughs> every day when I went on watch, somebody would rip my rack curtains down and I would have to go back to birthing oh my God. To, to go to sleep and I would have to put rack curtains back up and people would rip, rip my rack curtains, you know, uh, when I was sleeping and then eventually, uh, I don't know what happened, but like an errant fist just left my rack yeah, and it caught accidentally somebody. had a muscle spasm. Like is you know one of those somebody. one of those crazy things. Uh. Um, and uh, I, that's uh, they never mess with my rack curtains again. Yeah. Um, but it, I was also and just like every second class or you know we were all thought that we were you know, the bee's knees and, yeah. you know, we all were the best and we had nothing to learn and everybody had something to learn from us. So that, that was probably more, uh, on me than anything else. Um, but yeah, then I, I went to the USS Carl Vinson. I spent, um, four, five years there. And when I was transferring from the Vinson to, um, I didn't spend five years in the Vincent. I spent four years in the Vincent. I'm sorry. That's all good. <laughs> uh, when I when I transferred from the Vincent to prototype again, because I really loved being an instructor. It was probably the best time that I had yeah. when I was in the Navy because I do Ditto. love teaching. Yeah, I really and, enjoyed it. Um, when I transferred back from the Vincent to prototype, that's when I made chief. And but the problem is nobody knew who I was. So it was my first first time up. I actually spent more time as a second class than I did as a first class. Yeah. Um, and so nobody knew who I was, the prototype. The only people who knew who I was were the people who I was there previously as an instructor with who was also who were also coming back. Um, so that was the first couple days of chief season were pretty intense because you're the new guy. And yeah. uh you know how you know how that goes. Um, Indeed. And then I'd spent the rest of my time in in New York, um, just uh, as as a chief in section LCC, and then filled in for shift engineer because we were low in low on officers, mm-hmm. and just was working at Marf, which is one of the prototypes that we had, and it's now shut down. Yeah. Um, but I love that was my first platform. I was stationed at Marf my first. In my first uh, spoo tour, mm-hmm. and I was stationed at Marf for my instructor tour, and I love every piece of that piece of garbage platform. <laughs> it was so I loved why, every piece. I lo- why'd you get out? God, you sound like you loved it. So, like, why why'd you get out of the Navy? Operating, I loved. Um, I did not want to go back to sea, and mm. um, my wife. My wife's father uh, was very sick with cancer at the time. Okay. He was in New York. That's why. So you're you're not going to believe me when I tell you this, but it's 100% true. <laughs> uh, when I was on the Vincent, 
mm-hmm. there were no spots available in New York to go back and be an instructor. Okay. So I agreed to extend for six months and be the AQAO on board in order to have another shot at being an instructor in New York. There were plenty yeah. of spots in uh, South Carolina and I uh, did not want to go there. Right. But I got needs in the Navy orders to go to Pearl Harbor Ooh. Okay. on shore tour. <laughs> and I, I, I ended up uh, then routing the extension through my RDMC and, and through my chain of command. And I, as I was routing and I was thinking to myself, I had better not, there had better be spots yeah. available for New York after this. <laughs> if because I'm bailing if on I Hawaii, do, yeah. If I do this, the the detailer is going to hate me. There's going to yeah. be a note in my file. Do yeah. not send him Yeah, anywhere. don't ever help this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like I had a nuke electrician from my last boat get uh, shore duty orders in Hawaii. And let me tell you what, that kid is living his best life. <laughs> like, I've, I've heard... I've, there, there are a couple places that you can go as a nuke yeah. that are not like the typical ways it's, you can yeah. go. It's not a typical nuke shore duty at all. He, you know, he's loving his life. So, and they, they, that is, that is the way to go. That is, a, yeah. that is a real shore duty. That and the yeah. train rider. Um, <laughs> yeah. The train, the train the rider security will, uh, thing, yeah. Yeah. Yep, we'll just take confidential material across the country and just ride trains and, mm-hmm. in plain clothes and that's <laughs> that's all you do and yeah. that is that is the dream job. Everybody hears of it but nobody's ever yeah. heard of it. Well, there's like uh I know a lot of submariners go to the Nautilus too just to babysit the reactor. The it's a submarine museum in Groton. Yep. And yep, that's yep. like that the is, chillest that's, shore duty ever for them. <laughs> that is the uh that's the that is the USS Constitution for nukes. Yes, you know what I mean that yes. is that is that is the mecca for us. You know, yeah. like I, I, I've, I've happiest see, nukes I've ever seen. Like <laughs> I've gone to see NR one before, and you know, yeah. we we as nukes have this um, we have this reverence for Rickover, and we just we, yeah. we love all the stories. There's actually a um, there's a training manual that basically has. All, uh, a bunch of letters from Rickover to mm-hmm. all the commanding officers of the ships uh, when when an issue goes wrong and you know they they send in uh, a, a report up and yeah. Rickover basically you know writes them back saying I don't think that what you're what you said to me is right in any way shape or form and obviously it's in Navy speak so it's yeah. like you know contrary to what you said yeah, earlier yeah. like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um and it's just it, it's him memo writing ripping co's a new one and i remember reading <laughs> through those and laughing oh, that's uh, hilarious yeah. so yeah uh, I've, I've been nr1 before and it's it's an amazing it's an amazing experience to go see like where it actually all started and just like it, it it's almost like a monument to like one person's determination to get mm-hmm. around the system and and yeah. make something great you know yeah yeah um so yeah, it's pretty cool. Like I yeah, I've never seen any nukes any happier than when they were on the Nautilus, that's for damn sure. Um, so let's talk about like well now let's we'll get back to what we were talking about, right? So like before we started okay. recording, we were kind of going to like you you and a, a it was like a couple of buddies, right? You guys started this podcast called the Fact Finding Podcast. It so tell started... me about how tell me tell me the origin story. Okay. So yeah. uh this I think this was before there there's been a lot of things that have come out since then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that it is, it just shows how slowly the Navy is moving in, in an era where, you know, things are moving so quickly. 
Um, mm. So we were sitting around the chief's mess and uh, there was, there was one buddy of mine who he was, he was the guy who, when I went through chief season, I was having a rough time yeah. uh, because I, when I, when I went through chief season the first time I was like, I am not a fan of this in any way, shape or form. Like I don't get it. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. understand what we're doing here. Like I got a job and that's to qualify and then to teach. Yeah. Right. And that's, and I'm not, I'm not seeing how this helps me at all. Yeah. Um, and I, I sat down with him and I was like, he was a, he was a, he was also going through training, uh, to be, to, to qualify again. Cause he had mm-hmm. previously been a chief when I was there the first time. And I said, I don't, I'm really having a rough time. And I'm thinking about then. And this was back when you could just say, you know, I'm, I'm done. Like I just, yeah. I'm, yeah. Um, Funny, funny story. When we started that chief season, uh, the CMC had lined up the 17 of us and basically said, I need to know whether or not you're all in or all out right now. And the first two guys, one after another said, I'm all out. So I'm yeah. at the end. I'm in the height line and I'm pretty tall. So I'm at the end. I'm yeah. like, in my head, I'm like, am I supposed to say all like I'm all in or am I going all out? I, you're I, supposed I don't what- to be all in. But like, yeah, back when it was optional, it's like. I knew I had buddies that did had a similar career trajectory where they went to sh- a shore duty on their way out the door. Like they had every intention of separating and then they like made chief just because they didn't, you know, they qualified entering, watch supervisor on the boat and like did the things they, I guess they did enough. I don't know. Like, and they were LPOs at sea and all that kind of stuff. And like, they were amazing at their job, but they just didn't want to be in the Navy anymore. Didn't want to go back to sea. So they were separating and they made chief and they're just like, yeah, no, <laughs> like, I don't care at all. And like, it's, I, it's, I bet you more than any other place. That's probably where it used to happen, where it was like, they're just like, yeah, no, I don't care at all. Like, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm trying to imagine having that conversation as like a CMC and it's like, I honestly, like I've, and I don't know how much of the, the, of like the episodes you've listened to, but I've, I'm very critical of the chief season and how it's run. And like, I think there can be value to it, but it needs to be the, done a lot differently and structured and formal. And you know what I mean? I, but it, like, it absolutely needs to be formal. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing wrong need, with what it is that they're doing. But you know, I, I went through at a time, probably at the tail end of the, uh, of the, the just, standing up and yelling at you for whatever it is you say yeah. and then they go and giggle in the back of the, yeah. the corner you know what i mean so yeah there's a lot of that going on and and we did have a new cmc come in the next year it was a lot more structured and, and yeah. formal and, and it was better but i still remember sitting on the other side and going god this is this is just not yep good and then you know i i eventually turned into that guy that you know people would come to and be like i yeah. you know I, I need a charge uh, and you know, I'd sit down and talk to them and I'd be like, listen, you got to get through this, right? Just yeah. Think of this Think This is a shipyard period. Get through it. Put your yep. head down, get through it. <laughs> That's and then, a great analogy. <laughs> and then, you know, if, like if, if anything, period. if anything, right, this is, this is grit your teeth and bear it for now. And yeah. then when you get the, when you are on the other side, right, then, then be, be the, make the chief season that you want to make you want to yeah. make it. And that's how you know something's something's fundamentally wrong is that you have to have that conversation. But yeah, yeah, it's, and I I don't think it's anything wrong with the, the CMCs, right? I just don't think there's formal guidance. So, uh, and so, yeah, yes and no. Yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely like squarely put it at their feet because they're the ones 
accountable by like in writing, like when you look at all the like the McPon guidance and everything else, like it's on the command SELs to make it happen correctly. But also a lot of command SELs are, are just like division chiefs. Like they have so much going on that it's yeah. like for them to be fully invested in what's effectively command delivered training. It's the same reason PO Indoc always sucks. It's like how much oh, bandwidth. That's the worst. Yeah. That's it's the like worst. how much bandwidth do you really have? To P- devote P.O. Indoc PO is you sitting there and being like, yeah. I have so much work I have to do yep. right now. Yep. So m- my work center is a mess right now. And I'm, and yeah. I'm here. So, yeah. Um, so how, so yeah, how, let's so, get yeah, back to the origin story. Sorry, we're getting distracted. <laughs> let's back up. Um, I see squirrels a lot. So um, we were sitting around the chief's mess and we were talking, I think it was probably a lunchtime. And we, we were just talking about like, what's the best part of the job? And we eventually looked at each other and be like, you're the best part of my job. No, you're the best part of my job. You know, <laughs> and, and these conversations, oh, thanks, man. And what we eventually, it, I really drove it. I was like, you know what? And I had listened to, you know, other, other I was really getting into podcasts at the time. And, and I was like, you know, it would be what, it's a small community. It would be great if there was something out there where people could just tell their stories and be real for a little bit and have it be like a conversation on chiefs on in chiefs quarters or on cruise mess or whatever it is. Yeah. And so that's what we, we tried to do. We tried to mm-hmm. have, you know, try to go back and forth with one story. He would tell a story and maybe have it around a theme and, you know, try to stay, try to stay out of hot water as best we could. Mm-hmm. And we, we, I had him come over to my basement and we, we recorded one and I was listening to it. The first episode we recorded, I was like, this is great. This is yeah. great. I would, I would, I don't like to listen to myself talk, believe it or not. I think I've listened right. to each episode once as I was editing it and that's it. But I, I thought I, you know, we talked about different things in terms of like, we the first the first story was like um uh, we we talked about how somebody somebody had drawn a bunch of phallics in a dictionary <laughs> one time yeah and you know and that led to dictionaries being banned in central control you know and that was <laughs> that was like that, that, which is the most ridiculous response that you could possibly have. Yeah. And there were other things that happened. So, and then we, we kind of turned it into, you know, there was always, I always tried to put like a, a nugget of knowledge in there. Right. So mm-hmm. I remember we talked about, you know, what's the best way to get off. What's the best way to get through your first command and what's the best way to yeah. get through your shipyard. And we kind of tied that back into like, how do you qualify watch supervisor? What, what are the, and nukes are not socially, uh, <laughs> They're not great at it, right? Yeah, so they, they, might, they might not they might not read they might not read the the subtleties of of politicking that's required in order to get somebody to give you a qual that essentially clears you to being chief, right? So mm-hmm. you know how, what's the best way to make yourself valuable? How do you how do you put your best foot forward? Like what's the best time to ask? You know, we, we tried to go over those things. So there was always kind of a nugget of knowledge and, and with the intention of you know boosting morale a little bit and you know telling funny stories that made us laugh at least yeah. and you know kind of putting it out there and if people listen to it great and if not um you know that that's fine too yeah so 
we recorded the first episode and we put it out. And this was probably three months before I was getting out of the Navy. Mm-hmm. And I had, he was getting out probably seven or eight months from that point. So I was getting out first. Right. And so we put it out there and I think I had told a couple people about it at the chiefs of the chiefs that I knew. And we we were, we were all kind of, we, we had different crews, but you know, there were probably, you know, 15 chiefs that were in the different section. So, you know, as I was going off, off crew, I was like, Hey, you know, I put this out there. Let me know what you think. Uh And for the first week, uh, it was nothing but positive. We, we, yeah, were, yeah. we, everybody was like, that was hilarious. We thought you, we thought it was really, really cool. You know, it, and I would be like, do you want to come on with us? And like, yeah, absolutely. So this is all, you know, I'm talking to E7s yeah. mostly. Yeah. And um, at, at that time I was uh, basically doing job hunting type stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd gotten a couple of offers to go work at nuke plants across the country, but I really did not want to do rotating shift work anymore. And I wanted right. to be a little closer to my wife's family. So, you know, I was, I was going to different job fairs and different, um, you know, uh, networking places in order to, you know, get my name out there, get my resume out there. And I eventually found a company in New York city that I love and it's been, it's been great. Nice. But it's a little unconventional for, you know, what Navy nukes typically do. And um, I had found that company at a, at a, um, uh, there was a bunch of companies that all got together and they're looking for, it was kind of like a reverse interview. And this okay. is a great, if, if you are getting out of the Navy, um, a great opportunity is, you know, headhunters will typically contact you either through LinkedIn or, uh, if you are a nuke, you can go to uh, Navy Nuke Job Hunter or Job Navy yeah. nuke Job Finder, which is a Navy Facebook nuke. page. Okay. And um, you know, there's always headhunters. You email them the resume, and if they find an opportunity that might work for you, you know, they'll they'll put you in contact at least, and the rest is on you. But it, it kind of opens doors to different opportunities that you are not uh, previously aware of. Yeah. And one, they turned me on to this. Uh, convention in Philadelphia. So I had taken leave to go down there and uh, it was a Friday night. I remember this clearly Friday (laughs) night and uh, I'm getting ready to head down to Philadelphia Uh and the, I get a call from the CMC and this is probably a week and a half after the first episode dropped. Okay. And he says, tell me that isn't you. Uh, on a podcast. <laughs> I can't do and, that. And I was like, no, it's me. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, what on earth would possess you to do something like that? I was uh, like, first of all, I, it's awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like, did I break a rule? Like, yeah. What, yeah. Like, I, I get that you might not think that it's great, right? Because, right. you know, the, and, the, and that's fine, but what, what did I do wrong here? Right. And I genuinely, cause I, I had, I had looked through the regs in order to mm-hmm. see what, and I had, you know, obviously the UCMJ is very cursory, but you have to go through like Milpers manual and you have to go through all the different, you know, regs in order to see what is and is not acceptable. Right. 
And so I didn't find any, the only thing that's in the Millpurse manual is each command will have a social media policy and we didn't right. have one. Yeah. Right? Also the only, the only got actual like official guidance I ever found was that, have you seen that handbook? It's basically have, like yeah. a, like a PAO, but it's just like, it's like suggestions. It's like, this is how you should yep. like behave on social media to be a professional sailor and reflect like well on the Navy or whatever. But it's like, yep. it's not an instruction. It's not policy. No, it's not. Nobody signed it. Like, so I'm just like, all right, well, you know. And, and so, you know, I, I was, I, I was, I, and going back a little bit, my wife had told me before we did this, she was like, I'm pretty sure this is a bad idea. And I was like, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. We're going to be a-okay. And um, getting that call was like a little bit of a, oh crap moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and so I said, listen, if you're, ups if you're upset about this, I will take it down. It's not, it's not an issue for me to take it down, yeah. right? You're still the CMC. I still fall under your, your purview. And if, if it's a problem for you, I will take it down. It's not, not an issue. He's like, you don't, you don't understand what you've done here. He's like, you have brought discredit upon yourself, the Navy, the chief's mess, blah, 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 blah. And I, I kind of rolled my eyes. at it. Yeah. Okay. It. And, yeah. and I was like, I was like, okay, listen, I understand you're upset. I have leave. I'm going to Philadelphia for a job hunting convention yeah. I'm out in three months. Um, I will be back on Tuesday and we can talk about it then. And he was like, you're going on leave right now. And I was like, I was like, I have a chit signed. Yeah. If the captain feels like my, I was like, my yeah. prior, my priority is to find a job. That is my right. priority because I'm getting out and I'm pretty sure this did not help me in any way, shape or form. So <laughs> I'm going to find, my intention is to find a job. He's like, you need to do soul searching and then get back to me about what you think the best way forward is here. And I soul searched. And I was like, my like priority is me and my, no, no, no. I, I thought, I'm kidding. I'm I actually kidding, yeah. thought about it because I didn't, I didn't have anything concrete down there. Right. It was like, you're just yeah, going to go and you're yeah. going to interview and then you come home. Mm -hmm. And, um, I said, I said, I've thought it over and I'm going. And, you know, then I got a whole bunch of, you know, you're very immature, yada, 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 mm, yada, yada. Yeah. And I, and I was like, I was like, this is, this is not where my head needs to be. I need yeah. to be, you know looking forward towards, you know, other opportunities exactly. here. Yeah. And so, and so I went, I went down there and, um, I, I found that that's where I found the company that I'm working for now. So right. you know, thank God I went down there and, and, yeah. and thought of myself first. I, yeah. I and, and so then I come back and the guy who I was recording with was also found out. And I was, I told the CMC, I was like, listen, this is me. This isn't the other guy, right? I'm, I started it. I convinced him to do it. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So then we came into work on, I came into work on Tuesday and I was called up to the CMC's office and right. I was under investigation. And oh I, I looked, I looked at the, the paperwork that, For what? well, you, th that's the that's the punch like you, conduct you unbecoming me, or something goofy, com like com comedy comes in threes right so uh, gee okay um <laughs> i was under investigation for you're correct uh yeah 92 um 
general probably uh, general yeah and then it was conduct unbecoming and then profanity was the last one oh that i was God, under investigation stop. for like <laughs> and i remember so looking down and seeing profanity and i was like well you got me dead to rights y- yeah you got me there like <laughs> um so and then you know i i kind of tried to throw up the the sh- the the shield as best i could to protect yeah. uh, the other guy that i was working with and he was like, well, he's an adult. He can make his own decisions. But the, the bad part was that his family had a, um, a, a medical um, a surgery that they had been looking forward to for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he went in, he was like, just t- he's like, I don't care about my pension. I don't care about anything. Just tell me that my my family will be able to get the surgery. And he was like, I can't guarantee anything. And it was just like such a such a yeah. BS line, you know. And so get he was he here, was worried man. that he had. And he, he was worried that, you know, he, he had ruined his you know yeah. family's opportunity for this, you know, life changing surgery, you know, and it was just a, just a POS move on, yeah. on their part. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, not the opinion of the Navy. Right. Um, I, I have a disclaimer in the show notes. It's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that, that's in That's in the social media handbook. Yeah. Um, wow, dude, I don't even I'm at this stage in life where it's like I have approved retirement and terminal starts August 30th. So it's like I'm not and I'm still like I, I go out of my way to never do things that I feel meet the definition of what your CMC was saying to you, like as far as like yeah. bringing discredit upon and blah, blah, blah. So like but I also like I don't th- you know, like I, I, if they came at me sideways tomorrow, I'd be like, OK, I request court martial. Like, let's go. Like, let's go f- like really like figure out what's going on here, because I think I have every right to do what I'm doing. And I think I would win. And I, I think, think I think I, you, I think you do, too. But I'm yeah. very biased. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'd like I, I, I would defend every word I said, not just like my right to say it but like the content as well even if it's something i now have like changed my opinion on yeah and and like because i think that it's a just i'm allowed to evolve as a leader in real life why would i not be able to evolve as a a leader and with like my outlook on those things as i go down this path as well so it's like i don't know man i think it's ridiculous but and i also understand your guys's content was wildly different from mine so i understand oh, why yeah. they were just like turning their nose up way it, it, it was it, it's lowbrow i mean our second yeah. episode was a poop episode i mean but come at, on. The, at the same time though like there were no names on it there was no like identifying information and it was like it's not any worse than conversations that happen in the smoke pit every five minutes so it's like it's what's the difference between what you guys were doing and like meme pages you know like i talk to the dude from 69 fathoms all the time he's a submariner he's a great dude i think he'll be a great chief like he's gonna he's gonna be an awesome leader but he does this like satire page where it's like he puts out all these like in like crazy inflammatory memes that are poking fun at the crazy things we do and it's like he basically explained it like it's a mechanism for me to blow off steam and like prevent becoming like jaded and bitter. He's like, I, well, usually when you see me pop off a string of crazy memes, it's because I'm like frustrated or well, you like know, stressed we, we out. Never, we never went it. We, the whole point was to what basically just tell our stories. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and put it down in a way that we tried to make as funny as possible. Right. Um, and that, that was it. 
That was it. Yeah. And if somebody gleaned some knowledge from us, you know, and we never, we were never, I, I think I said in the first episode that everybody should get out of the Navy at the first opportunity. And I think that that is what, <laughs> that's what um, got them. I think that's, I think they, they stopped listening at that point. Okay. But I, that's I, then I, right. then I said, if staying in is for you, then make it the best that you can be, right? right. And be what you want, be what you wanted when you were, uh, yeah, a, like a, a junior, junior yep. personnel. And I think that they just stopped after that. But anyway, um, so we, we go through this whole rigmarole and I think for about two weeks, we were just kind of left hanging of yeah. what was what was going to happen. That's because they were trying to figure out how to actually do something with the BS charges that they were. Well, any, well like it's it's funny because yeah. you know, I, I had a I had a, a master chief who was in, in charge of me mm. and he was telling me afterwards that that there was nothing that they could essentially charge you with. Right. Um, because you, I mean, you came in, you said you did your homework and you were right. So the legal counsel at Naval reactors basically right. said, you the, can't do the anything. Legal counsel was like, what do you want to charge them with? Like, right. Did they going to laugh at them? Yeah. Like the, yeah. And it, if you had fought back at all, which I mean, I don't know how the story ends yet, but I was, I was trying to, I was just trying to, smooth it over you know i i I got up in front of the whole chief's mess you know and the the worst part was um the director of naval reactors was at the command the next day for a change of command ceremony (laughs) and there was a change of command and i had got my end of tour at that point (laughs) Uh, i can't um, take it back or downgrade uh, it yeah Uh so I uh, I basically stood up in front of the chief's mess at the change of command. I was like, listen, you're going to hear about some things. They were all me. You know, you can. And then the same people that were that had come around and been like, that is awesome. We love it. Yada, yada. Yeah. Came up to me and was like, what made you do this? I'm like, shut up. Hey, remember you know, five like, minutes ago when you were a fan? Shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and you know, but they're, you know, they're trying to save their own skin. Yeah, too. They're like, drinking oh, the Kool-Aid uh, and trying to like, but, yeah, but that's okay because you know, self-preservation is something yeah. that, you know, we, we all have and you know, you got to do what you got to do. And I was like, listen, I'm out in two months. Yeah. So I, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I mean, I'll be real with you. I thought it was funny. That's why I did it. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, we, we, we did episodes on, you know, how, uh, what, what's the best way to advance, you know, what, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you, cause a lot of nukes end up, you know, they don't get their LPO tour on their first boat. Right. And then they go back, they go back to prototype or that maybe they go to a, a shipyard or maybe they go to the, the golden shore duty in Hawaii and they don't have the opportunity to get LPO at sea out there. Yeah. And you know, they're, they're stuck in a holding pattern until they can get back out to sea. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing more, there's nothing that's going to drive first classes out of the program than having them stagnate for a long time. And that's exactly what the, that's exactly what the sea gates have allowed. And you know, so how do you set yourself up so you can get everything you need on your first sea tour so you can, you know, make your way up, continue to get motivated. And, you know, I remember the thing that motivated me when I was in was, um, I, I remember getting my first NAM and, uh, I was a second class at the time and I would, I looked at it and I was like, wow, I earned this. I thought that that was the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sub guys will get six NAMs before, you know, <laughs> 
before a before they reach the arbitrary rank where they're allowed to get a com, which is the stupidest thing that I've yeah. ever heard in, yeah. in my life. You know, because yep. as nukes, you know, we're not putting ourselves in, in the line of fire. We're not mm. we're not doing something that's we're taking tests every month. We're not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. what we do is what we do is mental, and you know it's it. But because you know we're we're trying to keep the status quo, right? They, you know, you end up getting the same thing. So you end up getting diminishing returns with the with the tools that that people use to motivate. So, yeah. you know, I was I got a huge burst of motivation when I got my first you know personal award, and then I mm-hmm. I got my I got uh, a com as a first class on the Vincent, which was basically contrary to the ship's instruction. Yeah. Um. But and a lot of people were like, "How did you? How did you get yeah, that?" You know, yeah. and there was like there was like palpable jealousy, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> you can you can you can make this happen for people. I remember when I was a, when I was a spoo, the the PMC had um a a a guide on the back of his uh on his whiteboard for mm-hmm. what what different ranks would get when they left. Yeah, and it yeah. was you know a, a spoo that did a a fantastic job was going to get a you know a co letter of commendation no matter what they did and it was like i was like how do you you're just putting everybody in these boxes yep and you're not you're not rewarding work that is that is done above and beyond what is being called of them i I don't know if it still says it but like i I went down this rabbit hole at a command i can't even remember which one about like um the awarding awards based on rank and like at, back then when you went to the awards instruction it basically said you're not supposed to do that every command awards instruction i've ever seen says yep. like a senior chief that's transferring gets this a first class that's transferring gets that like but it doesn't it doesn't say that if somebody did not do well yeah then they shouldn't get whatever right. it is that they whatever it right. is that they are and and that's that's a part of it too you know if you have yeah. somebody who is is there and you know they they need a kick in the butt every time you need them to do something or if they need mm-hmm. you know and they're just not what you need them to be yeah. you know you don't need to you don't need to encourage them to stay in i know that's a that's that's a hot take but you know not everybody is meant to stay in for right. 20 years and and that is a okay yeah you know? yeah um but you know how how do we how do we motivate nukes? How do we motivate everybody? And yeah. the only answer that we have is money, and right. that that's not an acceptable answer anymore. Because what people want more than money is people want quality of life. People right. want more time with their families. People and that and it, we are not evolving in a way yeah. that is is getting people what they need in order to continue to do their jobs. And that's not exclusive to nukes at no, all. No, absolutely like that, not. I, we went on the last episode that's published, so there'll be another one before this one comes out. But um, we're, me and the guy, the chief I was talking to, it was, we talked a lot about like the, the G-dub stuff and, and um, the Bush before that, where they had three suicides in a week. And it's like, it's like, it's plain as day that, and I've, I've seen this, I haven't gone, I haven't done a ton of research on it, but I keep seeing this article circulate on social media about how like desertions are way up. And it's, I don't think they're way, way up. Like if you compare, like, I think it was said something like 176 or something. And I'm like, if you look at like the entire population of the Navy, that's the next to nothing. But uh, some of those guys are hopping the fence at RTC. So like calm down. But 
Um, it's like, <laughs> it's like, those, those still, guys probably weren't going to make it through their first. Yeah. Season. Yeah. Like they were, <laughs> they were going to try it some other way anyway, but it's like the, the, there's a ton of red flags and it's like to the people doing the job, it's ex- incredibly obvious. And you just described like what it is. It's like quality of life and not like, I'm not talking about like amenities. Like I'm not talking about like I need Wi-Fi and like so I can be on my cell phone because I saw somebody talking about that as like some some form of solution where like in the shipyard, they're going to put a bunch of Wi-Fi repeaters on these cell phones because they thought it would be good for their mental health to be on their cell phones. I'm like, I don't no, absolutely not. think that's a, a thing you should be concerned about. But um, but a clean place to sleep and right. in a, in a habitability. Rest, in a rest, yeah. yeah. In a restroom that is, you know, yeah. I, I remember I remember being on the Benson for mm-hmm. overhaul and there were no working heads on the ship. None. Yeah. The seawater was completely cut out for, for, uh, different reasons. Yeah. And, uh, in order to use the restroom, you'd need to get up, you know, put your, put your coveralls on boots, hat, right. So you could walk off the quarter deck and then go down That's to the so pier crazy. and then walk another three, three yeah. or four minutes to the, the, the portage on. Yeah. And then, you know, by the time you get back up, yeah. <laughs> up to your rack you're sweaty and you're you're awake yep. at that point so yep. <laughs> um yeah, but i mean that's that's duty life but you know there's there's things that and that's that's solved as simply as put a porter put a porter john in the um in like a freaking the, hanger bag deck. or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's like, it how hard that's is it. that you could put a row of them like you know and you ever been to like a festival where they have like the sinks and stuff too like you could put a whole temporary setup there you know what i mean like you know there's it the the we, we talked a little bit before um and I, I listened to your your podcast about you know the the comments from the mcpon and i don't mm-hmm. want this to kind of devolve into that because i think you said you know what what needs to be said and i the the point the highlights that i took out of that was one this isn't solved on his level yeah and two bad bad optics good intentions and the the bad optics i think is something that is uh prevalent throughout senior military leadership as a whole and they they don't have an understanding of how to connect to young people mm-hmm. they don't understand how to keep people motivated in this in this day and age and there needs to be a lot of work on how do we – and you know, some people will kind of come back at me and I'm happy to talk to them. But they're going to come back at me and they're going to say, well, you know, this is a military organization and you, know, you need to be ready to fight wars. And I got that. You're 100% right. right. But we're not at war. Right, these guys are trying to fix a ship, and in order to right. fix a ship, these 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 guys, these men and women, are busting their hump every day to try to get this thing up and operational with things that are not usually within their control. Because I've been through depot level overhauls of an aircraft carrier; a lot of it is not within ship's force capability, and a lot yeah. of it is held up by one thing or another. That, you know, it all kind of, it's all a chain reaction, right? There's a critical path. This repair, once this is completed, then this ship's force operation can take place. And then this, this operation can take place. And there is a critical path and you can't make that go faster than what it has to go. 
but also like so if you loop back around to the idea that uh like we need to be we need to have like mission and war fighting readiness right and like you need to be focused on that okay i am focused on that the more like the the better morale i have the better quality of life i have the more the total sailor is taken care of personally and professionally the better uh warfighter i'm going to have at the end of the day they're going to be more prepared and engaged and be more open to the positive uh, like progress that can be had through productive training that usually isn't because they're half awake and stressed out and just want to go home because we run them into the ground like they're yep. consumables because we need to be ready to like do the mission or fight the war or whatever like cliche they want to spit out and how like mission first and it's like okay yeah no i agree but like so how do we best accomplish the mission and it's like that's what but is I think- completely lost at that that echelon is like that they think that it's all just metrics and spreadsheets and like we're meeting these training objectives and the like like the more we train the better we'll be and it's like there there is a point at uh, of which diminishing like, returns cro- yeah there's a point of diminishing returns as soon as you cross that line like you're not winning anymore like these sailors are getting run into the ground they're stressed out they hate their lives they no longer care about the mission all they care about is themselves which sounds like self-centered and it is but it it's triggered from like a self-preservation mechanism because when you get pushed past that point at some point they just realize that like i can't do this anymore and i need to focus on me and that's when you see acute mental health crisis where they're just like having a breakdown because they're not addressing all their foundational needs that are required to be met in order for them to operate at such a high tempo efficiently and do all the complicated dangerous things that we do for a living and i think it's that, like if if they would just focus on those people you know what i mean like but they get it all backwards and then we're in this negative feedback loop of, of i think it's important to note that a a depot level carrier overhaul or a refueling overhaul mm-hmm. is not a new phenomenon right this has been going on since the 80s so Agreed. yeah so I've, I've been what, part of one and it was a long time ago so what how have we not invested figured it out yeah. how have we not figured it out and that that is that is a frustrating part to me it's whacked if out we, priorities man you know like they we, don't if we were good no if we were interested and we were and we were thinking of creative ways to not blow the budget but mm-hmm. also take care of people and and realize that you know our sailors are our greatest asset in in getting these these uh, capital assets back in the water. How have Mm. we not figured out that this, this thing that we have, that they have to do is, is, is killing them. And how do we, how do we put them in better situations? I don't know Mm. if those conversations have been had at a high level. I think the conversations are your, the carrier is behind shipyard CO, right? What are you doing to get it back on track? And I remember yeah, they focus was, on metrics when I was when I was in when I was in the depot level when I was in the overhaul. Right. It was how do we get back on track? It's Saturday work mm-hmm. days and starting at 4 a.m. Yep. and ending at 7 p.m. And I did yep. that for many months. And at the end, I had smoke coming out from under my hood and I, I could not yep. handle it. I could not handle and not, it. Anymore. And now you got to take it back to sea. Like yep. that step next is like so you you get back on track by 
just beating the crew to death. And then when it like, okay, so we, you know, like mission accomplished, we got out of the shipyard in time, which never happens, but whatever, like to whatever end date they moved it to. So you get to that goalpost and your reward is sea time. And you have to now take the ship back to sea and operate it safely. That's exactly what like, we did. We had, we had a, com- on, we had a man. Com- compressed, uh, compressed, uh, cycle up for deployment, you know, which right. means, you know, getting the getting the flight crew certified and the, and the pilot certified. So we were, you know, our reward for getting out of that depot level overhaul was basically turning around and being at sea for four months straight prior to another deployment. You know, and that 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 is that that is the that's the reality. There's nothing that you can do about that. What you can do is you can think of creative ways to get those flight crews certified on other carriers. You mm. can think about other ways to get those, you know, and, and take care of the crew that's there, right. you know, but, but it essentially boils down to, this is the way we've always done it. Yep. You got it. Yep. You got to get through it. Yep. And in some cases that works and in other cases it does not. And, right. and I think that that falls primarily on the, the Commodores and the COs of the carriers. And you, do you remember, you remember the, the TR when uh, the captain wrote a letter to yeah, the, yep, yep. Um, I don't know if it was the Commodore or Ticom yeah. or whoever. Yeah. He wrote a letter to, and, I want to say it was like the he was like, strike group admiral or something, but yeah. Yeah. And it was, um, his primary concern was taking care of his crew. There Ooh. was not one person on that crew that would not yep. do anything for that man. You saw that when he left. And I yep. guarantee you if, 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 you know, the optics of a letter, a CO wrote a letter to Tycom saying that his crew needed, you know, uh, needed things, right. That is what the CO is there to do. And if that causes you to lose confidence in his ability to lead, I would, I would, challenge you to look at when he left that ship and how many people were on right. the flight deck right. and how much they loved that man for for advocating for them and yeah i, I was I, I was furious at that i so like i don't I, i've always i need to do a deep dive on that one day uh, i'll wait till i retire just because of the topic that's one of those radioactive ones at the time where like everybody's like are you gonna talk about it i'm like nope <laughs> like i'm not touching that with a ton football no that, and it's and not because i didn't fine. want to but it's like i it was something that I just like, I don't know what happened. I know how I feel about what I think I know. And that's it. And so it's like, I've talked to, um, I've talked to people who were on the TR at the time and you know, yeah. they, they were, they didn't, cause I, I reached out and I was, I was out at the time when that happened. Yeah. And I was like, what happened? They, they right. gave me an honest assessment of what, what had happened. And you know, it was a letter that was not supposed to go public and it, it, right. it did. And you know, uh, you know, some some of them said, you know, that we we appreciate it, but you know, there's there's um, there's a certain amount of self preservation that he didn't he didn't do, yeah. and they thought that that was by design, and they appreciated it, but you know that it was, ultimately they thought that it put them in a worse situation because they had a different CEO rather than the one that they knew would take care of them. Um, yeah, and, then and the, I. I heard some stuff too about like they were they were like accusing him of like releasing it on purpose to like the media, and I think Which, that was yeah, th- that, part of the problem that that, got is, that has trouble, been but. debunked. That was not an open letter. That was that yeah. was um you know it right, but 
CEOs that, that, you know, take care of their people are what you need in that situation. The CEO is not going down and he's not turning the wrenches, right? right? So you have a shipyard that's driving the shipyard. You have a shipyard CEO who's cares about the metrics and you should have a, a ship CEO who cares about the people. Yeah. And I think that that is, that's the, the triangle that needs to happen. And, you know, I know that they're trying to do some things right now with the, with the Bush in terms of, you know, uh, getting, getting them, you know, 200 Navy, Navy Lodge, uh, what's well, the, yeah, that's the George, George Washington, the Bush oh, was I'm sorry. La- a couple of years ago. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's steps that they're trying to take and, you know, right, that, that's been on Navy times, but be- because a senator and the and a bunch of other people like were on fire, like it, had it not gotten the level of attention that it did, would they have done that? Like, I don't know. No, I hope so. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, it, I ho- it, uh, yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have. And yeah. you know, that's 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 the sad part that you know mm. we, we have to that it has to come to a, a quote right. unquote scandal in order to to get these people the 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 things that they need in order to live. You know, right. Um, because because kids are dying out there because they feel like they have no hope. Yeah. And and that's I want to I want them if you you know, if you're on the 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 George Washington, I want you to know that, you know, I, I I feel for you. And I want you to know that, you know, if you if you want to reach out to me, I said my name in the beginning of the, the pod, the podcast. Um, I'm happy to talk to you. You know, you're probably not going to want to talk to somebody who's out. I get that, but you should always feel like there's somebody out there who's, who's there that wants to reach out and talk to you. Um, because I, I think that that's where hope starts from. And yeah, I mean, I, if you're and, cool with it, I can put your, uh, email in the show notes too. That's fine. That's okay. Fine. Yeah. So P, if people want to reach out, just check the show notes and, and his I, email I, will be there. I don't expect anybody to do that because it's, it's a very hard step to to reach out to somebody who you don't know and and feel like they care about you. But you know, I care about all all the sailors out there, and that's that I care about nukes, and that's why I did the podcast. But you know, when you see the the heartbreaking stories of people taking their life, you know, yeah, uh, well, I I don't know what I can do, but I want to I want you to know, and I. I where this goes back to, you know, I had, I had this sailor who was at prototype with me and I was the leading crew chief and, and in charge of section, this sailor who's on watch comes into the shop and he sits down, which is a no, no. Right. I yeah. said, get out, get out there, get back on watch. Right. That's, you know, you know, the rules, especially since you're sitting down in front of me, that's, so he gets up and he starts screaming at me, screaming at me. Yes. Um, and I'm I'm supposed to be the leader of these guys, right? and it was yeah. MDiv. I was sitting in the MDiv shop talking with fellow mechanics, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, get out, relieved him from watch, sent him home, mm-hmm. and you know everybody was like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I was like, that's none of your business. So yeah. the next day he comes in after quarters. I was like, we need to go have a chat right now, and so I brought somebody else in. And I was like, I didn't have a counseling shit. I sat yeah, down with him. Thank God. Like, I was like, what is going on, man? Yeah. Like what, what is going on? He breaks down and he's talking about how he's going, he's going through a divorce and he has all these money issues and you know, he, he, he didn't mean to take it out on me and he, he was sorry yeah. and yada, yada, yeah. yada. And he can't afford to lose any money right now. And I said, I don't care about, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't care that you yelled at me. Right. I, I, 
I'm hurt that, you know, this, that it came to this, that before you came to me. You right. Know? Right. And you know, what, what did we do? Right. So you, you, you have a piece of broken machinery. How do you, what, what's the first step? You take it out of service and you fix it. So we got mm. him out of section. We put him somewhere, we put him somewhere with a day staff job and we hooked him up with, you know, uh, and that was it. It didn't yeah. go any higher than me. Right. That's yeah. that. And you know, how do you give people hope again? You know, that's, yeah. that's so, so well, important. And it gets so lost in the day-to-day yeah. shuffle of being a chief in charge of, you know, fill in, fill in the division. Right. You but know? that should be like it's the, a, it's the not a, default uh, reaction to something. So anytime like a sailor like that is ops operating wildly outside the parameters, it's like the first question should be why? Like, why yep. is this happening? So a, so a sailor walks into a space, sits down when they know they're not supposed to. That's like indication number one. Number two is that he that his reaction to you telling him that he can't do that is to start screaming at you. There's a time where I would have screamed back. But then I figured out that like, no, this is like just a symptom of a bigger problem that I need to like diagnose and, and solve. So it's like, OK, what need does this sailor have that's not being met? And so you sit them down and you're like, hey, what's going on? Why did you do that? And I had that oh, really similar scenario happen when I was an A school instructor where an instructor just lost it and starts screaming at me because and it was like some kid that was going up for an award. Um, they, we did a board and I was chairing it. And that the kid he he thought should win didn't get selected. It was another kid. Um, and he starts screaming at me and saying all kinds of like really petty stuff about like me and like my understanding of what real leadership means and all kinds of other stuff. And I was just like, you're, you need to stop talking. And it wasn't because I it wasn't like my ego is taking a hit. I'm like, you need to shut up before it, this gets to a point that I can't stop this. Yeah. So like then he got some cool down time and the the site director like the he's basically like the OIC was he like, wanted what? to take the kid's head off. And I'm like, calm down. Like he was yelling at me. Let me talk to it. Like, we'll sit down. And basically, like I did what you did, like sat down, talked to him. I was like, what is going on, man? Like, this is out of character for you. Like he was always a fiery, passionate dude, but that was like way outside the lines. And so we sat down, we talked about it. He apologized. He said he understood he screwed up. Like he just was like really wanted that kid to win. And then there's some other stuff going on. And um. And ba- like the site director basically told him, he's like, you're lucky that he's not pushing this further than he is because I would have took a, a Chevron off your off your sleeve. And because he was re- he just he was an old pretty old school dude that was a senior chief and commissioned as a warrant. And he was just like, you do not talk to like chiefs like that. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm a grown up. Yeah. Calm down. First like, off, first my off, feelings think, aren't hurt. I think I think step one is, you know, uh, chiefs are not magic creatures yeah right? and and you know i'm not I, more I, important than anyone yeah, else yes i i would i would send spoos home and i would clean for them at end of shift cleanup yeah you know because like you probably got weird like, looks for it too. i'm here i'm here anyway you know what i mean like go home yep. yeah and yep. I, it wasn't an everyday thing but i was like hey you did yeah. a good job go home there you know? was a and, couple and, times where i was a senior chief and i was waxing the deck in officer country on my hands and knees like in the middle of the night and i would have like the duty officer would walk up and be like senior what are you doing and i'm like if i wasn't here doing this my guys would be here doing it and because it was like 
the reason I did it was because there was like a last minute flag visit and all of a sudden we had to do all this stuff that we didn't know we had to do. So I would have had to like worst, worst knee jerk reactions yeah, in history. I, I had to, I would have had to keep my guys there super late and do all this stupid stuff. And I'm like, you know, just go home. I'll do it myself. And I, it was, and it was kind of like, it, not that anyone cared besides me, but it was kind of like an F you to the people that put us in that position in the first place. Cause they knew about it. And it's important and so to realize like, that like, that's not always the answer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, that is, that, <laughs> but uh, the answer is not always do it yourself. Right. Yeah. The, it's not at all. The, the lesson, the lesson here is take care of your guys when you can like yeah. that, that that's the lesson here. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, and there are plenty of, there are plenty of uh, instances where I was yelling or, you know, whatever, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, a a leader, right? I don't lead people anymore, but you know, I loved my guys, and I would have wanted to take care of them as best I could. You know, and that, yeah. that's because I felt like when my dad died when I was in the navy, and uh, my in order to go to his funeral, I would miss a ship's underway, and I remember mm-hmm. the senior chief giving me all sorts of flack for missing an underway, and I was like. I was like, oh my God, what is going on here? Yeah. You know, I, I was like, uh, and I remember talking to him. I was like, listen, I'm burying my dad. I'm not coming back. If you wanted, if you want, if you want to mask yeah. me for missing ships movement, that's on I you. I don't even care a little bit. Yeah. I don't like, even, I don't even care. I will be back as soon as it's done, but you're going to be gone by then. So, you know, and that's, yeah. but you know, what, I, but I like was, what, what kind of warped, sense of like leadership and like i don't know like the what like what happened to that senior chief that made him think the appropriate response there is like giving you a hard time for for missing an underway like well, it's, you know i like what because I, I hear that stuff like that a lot I mean, those those are the those are the really bad memories that yeah. you, that you that you carry with you that you yeah. and so you know that was that's not typical of you know necessarily that senior chief or chiefs as a whole right and it's yeah. important to understand that too yeah um, but but you know those are the things that like stick with you yeah and those yeah. are your lessons that you yeah you never from. get that back like that guy never. Yeah, I mean, like that's no, and I've done. I'm sure I've had moments like that. I don't think anything like quite that egregious, but like moments where I'm not like I was I was oblivious to or insensitive to somebody's needs, kind of like the the kid yelling at you where I yelled back instead of taking the like being mature and aware enough to ask those questions and figure out what was really going on. It's like it's like parenting, right? Yeah, can't. You can't take that back. You just look yeah. at it. You're like, well, yep. it's, that's, uh, that happened. All right. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> therapy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to tell you, but, um, you know, yeah. it's, you, if you're not, if, if you are not continuously learning and changing who you are in order to, if you're, if your division, you know, shifts over 50% and you're not changing how you're operating with, yeah. with a, with a different division, you know, that like you're going to run into the same issues, right? Different mm-hmm. people require different skills. And if you, you have to expand your toolbox, right? Yeah. That's it. You have to expand your toolbox. You know, this wrench is going to work on this person. Yeah. This, uh, this, this, you know, uh, this screwdriver is going to work over here, right? You got, right. if your toolbox isn't full, right? You can't, 
you can't take care of your people. Yeah. Um, so, so how did the how did the movie end with the uh, the whole like you getting hemmed up for the podcast? Ooh, thing? OK, yeah, we, 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 <laughs> we kind of yeah, we didn't quite finish. See, those are the the nuggets that I like yeah. to I like to talk about. Uh, anyway, so we we were hanging out for about two weeks, and we get called in, um, and our punishment we we got a CO's letter of reprimand, um, because they couldn't okay. mast us yeah. for anything, right? Um, or that's what I was told by the master chief, yeah, and um. We had to. We then wrote the the policy, the the social media policy for the site because it didn't exist before. Yeah, yeah. And so we wrote that we, um, which ultimately is a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, it, there's there are there there are a lot of people that are doing things that you know they may not know breaks the rules. You know, somebody who has yeah. a YouTube channel. Right where they're doing, you know, uh, computer computer parts and how to put that together. Right, if they don't, they they could inadvertently be breaking, you know, yeah. the, the the policy. And if they don't know that it exists, you know, they can't stay within the bounds. Right. Um, I think we pushed those bounds to the rubber band limit. Um, to be honest <laughs> with you, but yeah. you know, I I I stand by what we did. I thought that it was great. And I thought it was a morale booster. We had people from, you know, all different ships. Basically, I had an EDMC um, email me one time and I had talked about how my reactor officer one time decided that we weren't going to do, this is during the shipyard. We weren't going to do um, like Saturday different from Sunday duty days. You would have weekend duty. And you were there, you know, mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday, but you always had a guaranteed Monday off after. Um, yeah. So you at least got a, a day off. And what we, I, I basically said on on the podcast that that was a big morale booster, right? So you would you would have you know two weekends in a row, and then you would you would come in for the third weekend, and, but you always had one day to cool off, and that was that was great yeah. because you weren't chopping up weekends all the time. You had weekend duty. You knew you had weekend duty. And uh, I had an EDMC email me and he was like, you know what? I thought that was a great idea. And we're going to, we're going to try and implement that on the next availability we have. That's awesome. And so, you know, little, little bit of change. Um, and then, you know, then it ended with, you guys should really stop doing what you're doing, but it was a good, it was a good podcast regardless. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was, you know, I think that some good, some good came out of it. And I think that that's yeah. the most important thing. So how so, come, and, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please. Uh, I was going to say, so how come you guys stopped doing it? Like, cause you're both out of the Navy now and have been for a while. So like, and, cause I know you spun it back up for a little bit. And then you, you were saying before we started recording, I think that you had like a bunch of episodes in the bag, but like you guys just stopped doing it. Like, is there like a, did it just kind of, it's not that we, it's not that we wanted to stop doing it. Um, yeah. You know, motiv- motivation is one thing. Right. Um, you run out of stories eventually, you know, and yeah, that's 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 another part of it. Um, right. And you know, the third part is you know the Navy is changing at a at a rate that is faster than it ever has before. I think for forty years it was this sloth, and now it's turned into a. a a groundhog 
right? So yeah. it's it's slowly moving, right? But yeah. it is it's faster than it was before. So mm-hmm. how how relevant are my comments and how relevant are my stories to what is going on today? And you know, I have a a degree of uh, imposter syndrome when it comes to mm-hmm. you know I'm not I'm not a nuke anymore. You know, I'm not in, I'm in, not in the crap anymore. So how, how relevant is my story to what is relevant today? And and I'll give you an example of that, right? So for years and years and years, uh, nukes were not allowed to get really any sort of mental health treatment at all, right? It was, you could go see this, the psycho and, uh, if you determined that you were no longer fit for duty, you had your TLD pulled and you were no longer a nuke, right? Yeah. You went and you go did something else. So these these guys who were here trying to, you know, start up reactors were now polishing decks for, you know, God knows how many hours a day. Right. Um, and there was no way back in. So people were people were hesitant to go get help when they needed help. Yeah. And they were they knew that if they got help, that was the end of the road for whatever career path that they were on. And the vast majority of people want to do a good job and they don't want to let their division down. So they, they feel that if they go get this help, they are no longer able to get back into the system and, and be in their division. That is essentially their family when they're underway. Yeah. So we, we have gotten a lot better at that. There Mm. are ways back in, but it is not, uh, and, and certain people should not be back in, right? If you have significant right. mental health issues, right? It is okay to say that you shouldn't be doing the job that you're doing. We're going to find you something else. Right. And that's, that's okay too. But yeah. you know, it, that, that barrier to entry prevented people who had low level issues that could be fixed by talking to a chaplain or going, talking to the, the, the psycho, uh, growing into bigger issues where now they're they're th- that piece of machinery is broken, you know. Yeah. And I I, t- I refer to people as machines, but I I mean I mean that in the most loving way possible. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> um, that machine is broken and now needs significant. You know, if you're operating a piece of machinery that's you know operating out of spec for a long time, you're going to break it. Yeah. And that's that's what happens to nukes. You know. Yeah. And they so- they already have trouble communicating. So hear me out because I'm going to come back with why I think you should be doing it. So (laughs) like I because I understand for the first thing I'll address is like understanding that um, like the imposter syndrome thing was a big thing for me when I first started where when I first and I've been doing this for seven years. And uh, when I first started, um, I was I kind of knew I was going to be at first I wanted to target junior people. And I still, I mean, I'm still aiming kind of in that direction, but I understand that a lot of what I end up hitting is like leadership from maybe like senior E5s, junior E6s, all the way up to like, you know, mass chiefs and officers. Um, but I do I have a lot of junior people listening to, but um, I had this, imp- the first thing was like, I, I thought chiefs were going to like come at me sideways about like, cause I was, I was a chief. I'd been a chief for about five years uh, when I, when I started and, uh, 
I was afraid they were going to come back with like, how dare you tell us like how to be chiefs, you dumb cook chief, like, like, what do you know about leadership and and stuff like that? Like, like I was going to I thought the khakis were going to come at me sideways. Never happened. Like only got like almost universally positive feedback. Um, and then it got to a point where uh, I started I, and I still to this day, like I have a pretty large following, a um, lot of li- like. I mean, I'm at between three and 5,000 listens a month. So it's like, it's not small. Um, and it's, I still feel strange about it. Cause I've had people tell me that like guys that have started their own podcast or just like listeners that get like borderline starstruck. And I'm like, Oh my God, stop it. Like, just relax. Like I'm just, I'm just, just a, a dude. dude. Yeah. I'm just a dude talking about leadership. Um, and it's like, uh, that it makes me feel really strange and i don't i don't feel like the the thing that they have in their head at all and so there's that too and so like i i understand that 100 percent. but what keeps me doing it is is how rewarding it is to get the type of feedback and like you i don't know if you how much other feedback you got that was positive but like when you see things like like you gave your example of that edmc implementing the the same thing that you talked about but like dude i've had like everything from from people reaching out saying like you've changed my entire outlook on leadership and like I'm a better chief because of you or or whatever my I think I think my the dogs are losing is, their minds sorry I was yelling at them sorry no um, that's that was those oh is dogs. that your dogs yes yeah, uh, it sounded like mine I've been screaming shut up intermittently I've been muting my mic so maybe I'm yelling <laughs> at your dogs in my headphones um, um but at, yeah anyway so the the um like i anything from that to like i've had a, a lot of chiefs say that they use it for like their sailor 360 stuff and they like uh refer their junior sailors to it and they love it and that's like the dream for me is like i'm like seeing like people use it to for what i intended it for which was like filling a leadership development resource gap um but like for you guys, for, for the, the fact finding thing, like I think maybe not you and the the other dude like sitting there telling your own sea stories and that's it. But and like obviously you talked about having people on, but like I would think it would be like I've I have had no shortage of nukes get hold of me and wanna come on, especially like junior nukes and talk about what it's like to be a nuke and what some of the things that are 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 wrong and and what we can do to fix it and stuff like that but also like i've got a lot of really positive feedback about um just talking about it like nukes just saying like thanks for actually caring enough to like point this stuff out because it's not what i do but like i have a lot of of empathy for like the plight of nuclear uh rates in the in the navy sub and surface and so it's like I think you like your platform would be a really great platform to like uh, give them an outlet. Like, cause that was one of the things Wayne from the reactors critical was talking about is like he, the, the his favorite part of doing that thing is um, being able to give nukes an outlet and like make them laugh and, um, that's that's it that's what it's help, all about yeah helps them out as much as they can and i'm like dude that stuff was hilarious i don't care what anybody says and like also you like bring them on they tell their stories so now you have unlimited stories and it's like yeah you can relate your experience to it and i think your experience becomes more and more of a teaching tool as you 
as you get distance from it, because that contrast is a teachable moment, right? Where you like you're saying, like, look, go get the mental health like help you need or go do this or go do that. Because when I was in, it wasn't even an option. And you can point out the the inefficiencies in the process because you experienced them when the process was even worse and, and less efficient. And so like because I because I th- I'm really detached from where a lot of those people are. And ha- I've been a chief longer than I, yeah. anything else at this point. Like I've been a chief since 2011. So it's like, how detached am I from that? Like pretty I'm pretty far removed. Like I still remember yeah. some stuff, but it's to the point where it's like hazy at best and like and i i remember some of the feelings but not as vividly and i sometimes question whether or not i'm remembering it accurately at all so it's like yes so i have to talk to these people about it and i've learned more from doing this podcast than i like i have ever learned from doing any other method of development or education or anything else and i think like i think you i think you guys could absolutely crush it and there's like a giant open lane for for you you to be talking to all these nukes as and like allowing an outlet and allowing an environment for that kind of like catharsis where they're just like venting and laughing about it well i think that that is well first thank you uh second (laughs) um i think i think the lesson that needs to be uh kind of learned is that there needs to be some sort of uh, from senior military or senior Navy levels, right? When, when Mick Pond talked about, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm trying to get childcare for you guys. Yeah. That's so important. Does right. anybody know about that? Right. Did, did, no. Does any, no. 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 Because so, he's just doing it. Right. But, you know, it's important. You do do the important things mm-hmm. and then uh you know i'm sure that there are talks at high levels in the pentagon uh about how do we how do we keep sailors alive and how do mm-hmm. we make overhauls better right now yeah. i'm sure that that's happening uh, yeah right but what what up how how do we get that to the people right right and i think a lot of people revere the McPon. And I think that he is a genuinely good person from everything that I've heard right. about him. And I think that I agree. he is a genuinely good person who is stuck in a system that is, yeah. you know, putting him in a corner, yep. right? The power of social media. And I think that Ukraine as a whole right now and how the Ukraine uh, war is going on has mm. showed us that social media is so powerful in getting a message out there and and how we fight warfare from this point on is going to change rapidly uh due to social media and i think that the navy needs to get smart on social media they need to put their initiatives out there right the mcpon probably has the mcpon probably has a 10 point plan to keep more um, senior first classes in the Navy to make chief and be the next level of leaders. Yeah. What is that 10 point plan? How yeah. do we, and, and talk to the people, you know, and, and have a, and it doesn't, it can be, it can be sanitized and it can, it can go out right in, in a podcast between 
the, the MCPON and the C, CNO. And they do it every now and then on, yeah. you know, if you look at their pages, right? It's always like, oh, this is the next initiative. Right, right. And you're, see, get, let's, I think you're starting to see a the, really mild, like, sea change where, like, so, like, the current fleet, uh, like, Pacific fleet, Mass Chief, uh, started doing a weekly, like, short podcast thing where he's just kind of talking about stuff. We're getting and smarter. I'm like, yeah, like, and We're it's getting it's, smarter. Yeah, very slowly. But it, I was, I j- literally was just messaging with a, a listener about this um, today, I think, or yesterday, about she was saying like she's getting really frustrated with like how slow things change and why they're not receptive to certain things because she really wants me to go out to uh, where she's located. I'll, I'll just leave it at that and uh, yeah. like be like a, I think like a, she wants me to speak at Khaki Ball or something. Which I was That's like, well, I'm retiring, so like now I'm open to stuff like that. Um, but it was, I guess, not getting the reception from the mess that like there, there's not a lot of enthusiasm for it at the, like the higher levels of mess leadership. And I'm like, this stuff is generational. Like there's going to be 10 to 15 years before a guy from my generation is like a fleet master chief or a force master chief. Like you got to understand like how slow mo- it's so slow to like because you're you're breeding these guys out of the process like. Like the MCPOM probably joined the Navy in like the early 90s, if not sooner. Like it might have been before that. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a, there's a huge gap between a guy like me and a guy like him. He's yep. been in for almost 40 years, probably. That's a whole nother career. So it's yeah. like I, I've only been in for 21 years. It's, like, so but it's it's important that, you know, the the people who are, you know, doing the work are seeing that there is change. And if there's not yeah. change, then that is especially with depot level overhauls, right? Bringing it, bringing mm-hmm. it back to, you know, why I initially reached out to you because I listened to that episode and I was like, I was like, I think you're spot on on everything. Um, you know, but how, how do we get change in a, in a way that is acceptable to right. everybody and, and yeah. improves the quality of lives of sailors? I think that's the most important thing. And, yeah. if, you know, if you're telling me that, you know, oh, when we're done with all the CBN, uh, 68 class, you know, overhauls, then we'll review it. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. And we, we have to be smarter in how we are dealing with this. And that's giving, you know, command level leadership, the ability to adapt change and not discipline them when they are, when they're doing things on behalf of their sailors, you know? And here's and, the thing that I, I always loop back around to, though, because like the 3D chess level answer to me is leadership development and education, which is the reason I do this podcast is like and why I'll, I'll probably never stop is like you have COs like so like Captain Crozier, for example, that seemed to be a transformational type leader, if that's how you want to define it, and was putting his people first and, and like going ab- about meeting their needs above even his own and above the maintenance needs of the ship and a, a, or mission requirements or whatever. And the same thing, like there's a, I forget the ship name, I'll have to find it, but there's a, there's an amphib out there somewhere where I keep seeing, have you seen that video? Um, it's there, they have, they're in like a hangar bay and there's like, club lights and everybody's like dancing and and having a good time and it like it looks like almost like a nightclub but but like i don't know what they were doing like just having some kind of a a mwr event or whatever and they post the co is always posting these videos on i think instagram um about 
like what they're doing, how they're doing it. And it just looks like that guy cares like entirely about his people. And it looks like the best command ever. And I don't like, I don't know if it is, but I, I've, I had a, a guy who's a listener that I talked to that he's a Bosa's mate chief reach out and say like, you need to get somebody from that ship on because Holy Jesus, like they look, that looks like the best command ever. Yeah. Um, that, but that kind of stuff, like those people are anomalies. Like I talked to a, a post tour submarine CO that like his outlook was an anomaly amongst submarine COs. And so it's like, well, why is that? And so it's like, what are we instilling into our leadership as they progress through a career from cradle to grave that leads us to a place where we effectively have high level managers that are metric focused, that are output focused and that don't really care what they need to do to get there. It's like, just keep applying pressure until the spreadsheet's green. And it's like, we didn't like that. Like they didn't arrive at that on a large scale. Uh, well by themselves or overnight right like they didn't they didn't decide those were the priorities all on their own the institution decided they were the priorities and those people are conforming to what they think the expectations are so like i always end up going back to like the the 3d chess big picture answer when you keep when you keep saying like well what's the what's the root cause and you keep digging and going back layer by layer behind all these issues that we have I feel like you almost you probably and I say almost just because like I'm you know I'm not some super genius that has like processed every single possible outcome like Doctor Strange or something but like me neither yeah but like I almost I think almost universally if you continue to follow like the thread all the way back to its to its origin you're gonna find leadership development and education is the problem it's like I don't, leaders I don't, are good I'm I'm gonna challenge you on that because okay. I think I think that the I think that the root when you when you dig down to it is this is the way we've always done it and right. we're going to continue to do it that way. And I agree. I agree that this is the way we've always done it. But the way that we're, we've always done it is def, is deficient leadership like it's deficient leadership um, like competence. Right. Where the, the people that are in charge, the people that are in the positions of power at the, at the highest levels, all the way down to like division chief levels or LPO levels have never been provided robust leadership development and education at or, any level until you arrive at for enlisted, the senior enlisted Academy or for officers like various levels of the war college stuff. But even then th- those are very like tactically strategically management driven. Like they're nobody's they're teaching been taught you, how to rock the boat. No. Yeah. Nobody's been taught how to meet people's needs. Nobody's been taught about human psychology. Nobody's been taught about like the soft skills of of human relationships and communication and like all these leadership tools that are going to allow you to do what the, the transformational leaders are doing, which is why they're anomalies, because they picked those skills up somewhere else. So it's like they either had them when they got here or they picked them up through some other mechanism. And maybe they encountered a transformational leader that that taught them those skills along the way right which is why i'm constantly saying like the only the only way you're going to learn these things is by act like accidentally by happenstance stumbling upon a really strong mentor otherwise like yeah. for chiefs it's not until you get to the senior enlisted academy do you learn about any of these things formally unless like i mean you could have a great chief season or something but like uh, like an exceptional chief's mess, but that's you lucking your way into that. Like you just sh- happen to be at the right command or happen to have the right CMC. Whereas 
like it's not built into the the your career progression until you get to the senior enlisted academy. It's just not and because like the the quality of chief's induction or initiation or whatever we're going to call it next week. The quality of that wildly varies from command to command. <laughs> Whatever we're going to call it next. Week. Yeah, it, well, I'm just saying, like, it's been like 19 different names while I've been doing this. So it's 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 the only thing that's formal, has a master course document attached to it, is really well thought out and provides really robust leadership development and education as a senior enlisted academy and the Naval War College. And I can't speak to the curriculum of the Naval War College, but I'm assuming it's it's pretty good. You know, like, I'm and sure I mean, that's the, uh, I'm this sure SEA. Doing God's work out there. Yeah, the SEA is under that umbrella. But like, also, I wrote a paper for school recently where the former commandant of the <laughs> of the Naval War College, and he was an admiral at the time, basically spoke to how one of the revelations he had while he was a flag officer that was in charge of the war college was how important leadership development is. So I'm like, it took this post tour CO until he was the kind, you know, like I'm not saying he didn't think it was important at all before, but like he basically came to this realization as the commandant or whatever it's called of the, of the Naval war college that it's like, it should be one of our, our primary concerns. And it's like, so it took this guy until he was in that position. So that to me, that was very telling of like, okay, so this guy has already served as a commanding officer and all the positions before that, he might've been a Commodore, might've done some other high level leadership uh, at the strategic level. And then he's the commandant of the Naval War College, which is responsible for the formal education and training of all the Naval officers at a high level. And it's like, you're just now deciding that this should be like one of our prime directives. And it's like, how does that help? How does that do help mean? the the? Uh, I mean, no, no, no. I, I, what I what I mean is like, how does that help the the day to day person on the deck plates, right? The how how are they getting that leadership development training? And I know that that is not. like that's your motivate. Yeah, yeah, they're not. That's, that's it, the it, the the Nate, the ELD stuff. It's is, too late. Is an attempt at like basically like okay so the command delivered po index stuff obviously wasn't happening like people were probably putting it in fleet temps but it wasn't actually happening most places so they the end like eld is like okay we're gonna take it off the air quotes flight line and like make it the responsibility of shore commands to facilitate these classes and from what i've heard from people that have attended it's it's great like the 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 classes they went to they felt like they got something out of it they felt like it was good um, so that's, a, a, I mean, it's a positive step in the right direction. I don't think it's anywhere near enough, but it's, it's a great step in the right direction. But like up until that point, and then it just like, it started getting rolled out and then COVID just ate it. And so now yeah. it's like trying to spin back up, but like, uh, that's the only thing until you're at the senior enlisted Academy, you know, and there, there is a chief's uh, class they're trying to do for like new chiefs, like actual, like actual anchor wearers before SEA and stuff too. So like, I think the the need at some level has been recognized. And so the NLEC ELD stuff is a way of addressing it, but I'm like, this should have like a stupid amount of money and resources behind it. And it should be like a prime directive of the na- like the, high level Naval leadership. In my opinion, the, 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 the people who are most at risk for, for bad leadership are people who, you know, make rank, at a at a high rate of speed, right? So like well, I made yeah. I made chief <laughs> in six years, right? Up. And yeah, <laughs> and and you know it's 
I would not say that I was in any way, shape or form ready to, to put on anchors, but you know, right. I, I was putting them on. Right. And so now it's like fake it till you make it almost. Yeah. You know? And the, right. the, but these it, people that were under me had, had probably, you know, terrible experiences until I got out of angry first class mode and got into, yeah. you know, <laughs> try to be the best chief you can mode. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, so yeah, those, uh, nukes I feel so bad for because I've right. had, right. you know, they, they did, they get chiefs that maybe not are, are not ready to make chief, but you know, we have to promote first classes because, you know, surface mechanic chiefs are at 80%. Yeah. It's quota uh, driven. Yeah. No, it, it's, well, I'm, what I'm saying is like the, the people at sea right now, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're critically undermanned, you know, for right. surface mechanic chiefs, you know, they're right. at 80% capacity. I mean, the metrics and how they hide that is, you know, it, it's, you can, you can look it up yourself. It's, yeah. um, but it's, they, they hide it as best they can, but you know, there's, they, they need more of them and there's mm-hmm. only one way to get them, you know? Right. So, and I, I what, what. I wish they would like we should start with uh, like, I mean, you should start at the beginning of career progression, but like the biggest impact I think would be made by like if you if you really threw all the weight of like the Naval War College and the senior enlisted academy and the ridiculously smart people that are, are employed there behind developing a curriculum and a master course document and and like training goals. Um, and instructor guides to to draw like really firm boundaries and goals and all that kind of like directives of the chief season and constructing it in a way where it's like it's applied universally across the entire Navy with the the wiggle room being community and platform specific because there's there's got to be some flex because like the way that I would apply chief season training in the EOD community and the SEAL community will vary from the aviation community and the CB community and the submarine community. But it's not it shouldn't be like unrecognizable. And yeah. it shouldn't you shouldn't be left to just like figure out what you want to spend all this time on. It's like and they they seem to like be like really slowly plotting towards some version of that with like the laying the keel stuff and um they added something else i forget the name of and like they, they're where they take one step forward then it goes away and then there's another yeah, step forward yeah. and it goes and away and it feels it feels like half-hearted and largely ineffective too because like when i i've been in some rooms when they're facilitating that like laying the keel stuff and it's like all high level cmcs and they're like okay well, we're going to facilitate this conversation and you're going to be frank and honest and open and there's no risk of any reprisal or like us uh-huh. like whatever you yeah say. <laughs> oh uh, yeah totally and all these chief selects are just going to be like oh okay well if rank's not a thing i'm going to say a bunch of wild stuff that is like inflammatory and challenges the organization and ideas and all. It's like, that's not going to happen. They're going to sit there quietly and check the box. So it's like, what are we doing? And it's like, if we threw the weight of those organizations and minds behind developing a curriculum that prepares somebody like you for the best possible outcome and gives you all the tools and, and information and resources that we possibly can with the understanding that, because the system is set up the way that it is and it's quota driven and we're promoting people to chief in six years, which I think is insane, but also I understand Sorry. why it's happening. Sorry. No, I, I, it's not dude. I've met guys that have adapted really well. Like my buddy is, uh, he made it in like, he was an M diver on a submarine, made it in like seven years. And there was some bumps in the road, but he adapted and ended up doing really well for himself. 
And like it, he was all, but he was also very open to like learning from us. He understood that he had a lot to learn. So like if if we put people like you in the best possible position to succeed, yeah, there's going to be you're going to take lumps and there's going to be a learning curve. But like we could do a way better job of equipping you to deal with that learning curve and take those lumps so that those sailors end up with a functional chief a lot faster. And so like they're going to benefit but there would be a sharp increase in the quality of leadership that they have at the chief level, at like the division chief level from new chiefs. If we put a bunch of resources into into fixing the way that we develop new chiefs and the way that we prepare you to put on anchors and then day one, now you're a division. Yeah, it's CEO. an important it's important to, to understand that it's it that takes time and it's gonna it does. Be a, it has to be a generational change. Right. You just, yeah. You're like, all right, this is this is the point where this is the thing and we yeah. have to stick with it because you know laying the keel cpo oh i don't need three cpo 360 and then cpo 365 and all these different initiatives yeah. and, and whatever right you have to stick with it yes the bones can change but or, or the, the 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 clothes can change on it but you have to keep the bones right of whatever it is that you are committing to right we as a navy are committing to in order to get better leaders right we have to stick with it and have it be implemented in a way that mm-hmm. doesn't affect quality of life where like oh i just worked 12 hours in the plant now i have to go to cpo 360 or whatever yep. no yeah. right you, you have you have your you have half a work day in the plant mm-hmm. and then you know half the division goes up and does x you know what i mean so yeah. it's like yeah you, it, it's important that because in the in the new community there's so many i i used to call them add-ons right like how many more add-ons yep. are we going to have to our to our checklist or mm-hmm. you know whatever we we have we have add-ons that have you know come from the 80s that haven't gone away you know they yeah, just I continue mean. to they just continue to add on to the requirements and stuff right. like that and something that Rickover was a huge proponent of was is if something is not working then take Don't it away do it anymore but the, yeah like- but there's 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 a whole book of requirements that uh, come from naval reactors. I, I I feel that naval reactors has really lost the way of Rickover. Right, somebody yeah. who would who would go out and say this isn't working, tear it down, build it up yeah. again. I don't care how much money it takes, build it again. Yep. Right, make it better. And you know, if some if a requirement isn't working, get rid of the requirement and let's replace it with something that is more streamlined, better, and. And, but, you know, we still have horses every single year that yep. look at the exact same guidelines and it, all we're learning is how to not make the same mistakes that another ship made. We're not yeah. learning how to make the program better. We're keeping the program at a status quo, which is, you know, this book that has, you will have carbon steel training twice a year and you will have X training twice a year and you will have this yeah. and there must be 85%, you know, and there, there have to be standards and requirements, but they have to be done in a better way. You, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. They have to make sense. So and that's it, what, yeah. It, it's at, it's at all, it's at all levels and, and how do we make the requirements make sense in a modern day world? And I, instead of what, what requirements made sense in the eighties versus what they are now, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like I and, and we talked about it a little bit, but like how, I, I did want to like ask you, uh, like how how did getting to chief that fast, uh, like what what was your experience with it, and like how did the 
learning curve happen? You know what I mean? Like, how, was it the, the learning curve for me was, um, you know, I saw what was on the other side of the door when it came mm-hmm. to like the chief's mess. And I saw, you know, my, my chief's initiation was not great in my opinion. Um, yeah. in terms of like, you know, who I thought I could count on and, yeah. you know, building, building a brotherhood. So my, the, the, the lessons that I learned from that were don't be like this, don't be like that. Right. Yeah. And where, where I feel like I really sort of blossomed and became a different person and, and was able to really affect change was I'm, I know that I'm getting out of the Navy, right? Yeah. For personal reasons, not because I hate the Navy. I love the, I love the job. I really did. Starting up, starting up an engine room was like the most fun thing in the world. Making yeah. a turbine generator go, like I, I miss that so yeah. much. Um, but it, once I realized that I was at terminal pay grade and I was getting out, I felt like I was free to rock the boat in a way that yeah. that made me a better leader and I, other people saw that and it was it was that eventually came around in metrics and and different things that people measure right so drill yeah. grades my my section's drill grades were the best right uh, my test scores right i emphasizing the right things like if you do well on this test right i will i will figure out a way to make your life better. And so people studied harder and my test, yeah. my sections test scores were better and they had a better quality of life to the point where like other people would come up to me and ask if they could transfer to my section because we, <laughs> we, we were, we, we seemed to yeah. be having more fun with what we were yeah. doing in this very static. You know. That's awesome. And I, re- I remember one time, um, the uh, director of naval reactors. He comes by. He he was inspecting the site. This was at prototype, mm-hmm. and uh, we had we had drills that we had to do for the students so they could get qualified. And everybody else was like, "All right, we're gonna clean the plan all day, and we're not gonna do anything." And I I looked at the shift supervisor. I was like, "No, we're running drills. Like, who cares if the director of naval reactors comes? Yeah. I don't I don't care." Right. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I, I care because I don't want to get yelled at, but you know, I, I have students. That's the most yep. important thing to me. Right. So yep. we ran drills with the director of naval reactors going through the plant and I'm, mm. I'm switching off pumps and he comes up to me. He's like, who, who are you? And I was like, oh, I'm, an ex- <laughs> I'm an extra chief because I don't think he'd seen drills happen in a very yeah. long time. And I was like, oh, I'm an extra chief in section, sir. And he goes, I want you to know that we have no extra chiefs. We need each and every one of you. And then he, you know, went on his way. And I, but I turned to, I turned to the master chief in charge of the, uh, the plant and I go, somebody should tell him that that's actually the billet name. (laughs) 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 And then people, people were laughing afterwards. Right. So it's, it's all, you know, it's like just realizing like what the priority is and you know, what, what, you know, just trying to have as much fun with it as you can, as you can, because starting up an engine room is inherently fun. That is, yeah. that is great. That's the best part of the job for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, dude, I'm going to like continually advocate for you to start this podcast back up. And I know there's a ton of people out there that want you to, but, uh, and if I can help with you it, I'd on? be happy to. Hell yeah, dude. Sign me up. All right. Absolutely. All right. 
but like yeah and if i can help in any way like with the whatever the logistics are or like get you guys no. back up or whatever man i'll funnel you nukes if i have to <laughs> we uh but yeah man i'll i'll I, my motivation is at an all-time high so yeah, after this i, I, I do i, I do it. miss recording i love talking i love uh i don't like hearing myself speak but i i love talking and i well the, the beauty of running your own podcast is a lot of times unless you're a big mouth like me like you don't have to you just ask questions and let them talk so it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not that kind of we we're not that serious i'm not asking yeah. in-depth questions no I'm, i we're know. talking about know. Poop most of the time <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I didn't have to. I'm barely gonna have to edit this. This is awesome. I did the um, best I could. You did amazing. You didn't curse once that I that I caught anyway. So that's outstanding. Well, I'm in a corporate job now, so I, I have yeah. To you gotta be behave to, yourself. <laughs> I have to be able to hold my mouth. Yeah. Well. Well. Thanks, man. I appreciate you doing it, and uh, and we'll. De- I'm definitely down to do it again. I'm definitely down to come on fact finding. Okay. So uh, before I know this is probably the end, right? On yeah, yeah. on a carrier, uh chiefs and officers get a hanger service for their for their uniforms they hang up dirty uniforms and then a division calls hotel services will come yeah, by pick I've up i've heard I'm, I'm vomiting in my mouth pick up their I've uniform heard of um the, have you been on a chief's mess on a carrier uh i've been inside one yeah like we toured a carrier it's one time just disgustingly for, large yeah, it's it's, it's obtuse it's obtuse yeah. um what, is it, it what else are the gross. most? What else are the most ridiculous things? Well, the um, park. I've seen the parking and the. I've oh. heard that sometimes they have their own brow. Is that real? Like yes, khaki brow. Oh, right. So yeah. you, and so that they so that they can skip the line for uh, so for the stupid. metal detectors to get on. Then they go on the khaki brow, and That's then they so they don't have a line to get on get on the ship. Dude, um, I they hate have their own, all of it. They have their own laundry. So E seven and above yeah. have their own laundry on board. Uh, they get head of line privileges for the ship store. They just cut to the front of the line. Even um, I hate. I wish I, there's a part of me that wishes I would have stuck around just to be the CMC of a carrier, just so I could delete all of it and just like I'd probably end up getting fired or something. But like you would have an like, uproar. Those oh people, yeah oh yeah I'm they sure. Are, they are very <laughs> used to their privileges, but I'm sure I would have. Cause like if I was ever a cop on a submarine, which was, would have been my next job. I would have like, there's not a lot of privileges. Like we have our own birthing area, which within that there's a tiny little mess. It's like, there's like a, t- a table and some Naga chairs and like a TV and, um, and uh, cribbage. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's not, it's, you know, we have our own head and showers and like the, then all of our birthing is off of like the oh, little yeah, like, common we- area. Oh yeah, the the chief's heads and showers are cleaned by other people. They come down and clean their heads, showers, and, and their birthing no, and everything. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. So we cleaned our own head. Um, we cleaned our own birthing. We cleaned our own. We did all did our own laundry. Um, there would be there are times on like two crew submarines where if there's like extra people, like the we, we they'll take somebody off the watch bill because it kind of gives them a good deal. They call them FSAs, but they're not FSAing. They're sitting back in the laundry for like eight hours. Um, and just doing everyone's laundry, like the whole crew's laundry. So they, they just turn it into like this good deal for like some nuke that doesn't need to be on the watch bill or like that's awesome. some forward guy or whatever. So it's a good deal, but you are doing other people's laundry. So like, I don't know, it's a trade off. But other than that, like everybody does their own laundry except for the uh, officers, which I think is disgusting as well. But like because my cooks would be up on the mid watch doing officer laundry. And I'm like, that's I, look, disgusting I, to me. I understand like the CO and XO. But other than that, like you have time. 
Yep. Like, I, a J.O. has time. And, like, don't get, again, submarine J.O.'s, like, they have they, a terrible They life. have the worst, like, quality of life. <laughs> I mean, there's not many, like, nu- th- like, I would lump them in with nukes, but, like, because they, they are, they, at the worse. beginning, it's worse they're basically... Than a- yeah. It's worse than it's, like an enlisted junior it's, guy. It's like, for brutal. sure. Yeah, it's, it's awful. brutal. Just getting yelled um, at, not knowing anything yeah. about what it is that you're doing and, and yeah. having to lead people. Oh, mm-hmm. God, that sounds terrible. I feel, yeah, I feel so bad for them. Like, it, and just getting at yelled at by stage. the eng all the time. Yeah. All the yeah. time. Just getting, getting yelled, yelled at by everybody all the time. Because a lot of the chiefs I, I that on submarines, I spent a lot of time explaining the chiefs like, that like you're it's your job to you have to train them. Them. so you don't like, get to come complain about how useless your devo is because all i hear is i'm a failure as a leader like shut up and go fix it chief like i get i'm willing to help but like you don't get to just talk about how useless your devo is because they're useless because you're not training them like yeah. figure it out like we can i'll help i'll hold your hand but like you got to teach them how to be a leader you got to teach them how to be a manager you got to teach them like the qual stuff you got you know what i mean like yeah um poor jos yeah they, <laughs> oof. i don't know why any jo stays in yeah it is it is a bad life yeah but but this was awesome man thank you ditto man i appreciate you doing it all right. I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, I definitely had a great time. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was evident as we went through, but uh, definitely looking forward to talking to him again. I'll probably drag him on for a goats after dark as well, even though he's on the civilian side. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure he can still chop it up with the best of them. Uh, and I'm looking forward to participating uh, whenever I can in the fact finding side of the house. Um, I, yeah, I had a great time. That was, that was really fun. I, wa- I was trying to get a hold of them a long time ago when they first started doing their podcast. And then, you know, because of circumstances that we talked about during this one, uh, it didn't really work out. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was pretty fun to hear that story. And, and um, I'm hoping that they spin that thing back up because there's something to be said for veterans uh, having those types of conversations. And I'm a big I'm a big advocate of, of taking the time to just like air all that and just sit even if it's just a conversation where you're like sitting around a campfire (laughs) or whatever you know like you're sitting at the fire pit smoking a cigar drinking your favorite drink and just like telling those stories there's a catharsis to that there's a lot of um i don't know there's a lot of therapy there that i i like i find myself doing it um i get a lot of that just from doing this podcast and even if it's telling ridiculous stories that uh, may or may not be viewed as uh, appropriate <laughs> in certain settings. I mean, there's ways around that, you know, label the podcast that, hey, this is for grownups and, you know, there may be explicit language and or other stories, but that's there's a reality of our experience that exists in that uh, in that plane, you know, like there's stuff that happens there and that's the way that people deal with extremely high stress environments when you're when you're suffering uh, together through the, the stress that is what we do for a living. It's like you, some crazy stuff's going to happen and you're going to vent off that stress in and cope with what's going on in a lot of different ways that sometimes lead to that kind of storytelling. And I think it's okay. I think it's healthy to talk about. Um, and I think that a lot of us respond well to those types of stories. Like a lot of people did to fact finding when it was out, because it's like, it's just like this. The I'm, it's like the sixty nine fathoms principle, you know. Like the he gets on there and starts firing off memes when he needs to vent, when he needs to like um, find an outlet for 
the the stress and uh, amongst the turmoil that his 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 job at the time um and i think this is another way to do it and i think it's i think it's a great thing so um that's my monologue on why i think podcasts like this are awesome and why i'm all all in on supporting people like you know like him like the uh permission to speak freely dudes like anybody else i can drag on right like um like the idiot friends guy, like everybody, man, like John. Um, yeah, I, it's just, I think even if you don't get to a place where you're, you have a huge following, sorry, that's my take my medication alarm. Um, even if, even if it doesn't become wildly successful, uh, it's something that I think there's a lot of, you can get a lot of good from. So, you know, that's why I encourage you all to either, uh, do something in the vicinity, whether it's just keeping a journal or doing something like this, or, uh, if you, if you want to, you can come on, hit us up. <laughs> don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast or you can DM us on Instagram, Reddit, discord at DGS podcast. Uh, I, I, I love talking to people and I'll talk to anybody. Um, and, uh, if you're interested, just reach out. Uh, don't be shy. I, I will, I will go down whatever rabbit hole you want to. Uh, and I've, I've, I don't think I've had a, a real negative experience yet. So I'm just going to keep on rolling with the, I'll talk to anybody concept until I have a reason not to. Um, and yeah, like I, I really appreciate everybody's support. Uh, if you want to support us, you can go to the website. There's a donate button. You can go to, that just supports the paying the bills for the, the podcast stuff. Um, the for-profit side, if you go to dgutsapparel.com, uh, it's don't give up the ship apparel, naval pride and heritage gear. You'll actually wear in public. Uh, you can check all that out. I'm pretty proud of that. And then, uh, yeah, just, uh, you subscribe to everything, you know, like go check out Substack, the D guts thought lab stuff. I'm having a lot of fun with that. Uh, as soon as I get this transition into retirement done, I plan on leaning pretty hard into that and, and any other stuff, uh, related to the D guts platform. Um, unfortunately I'm like getting my house ready to sell and all this other dumb stuff. So <laughs> I've had to devote a lot of bandwidth to that. But uh, I can't wait to like lean into it when I have all that time to do so. Um, and with that, that's it. That's what I got to do for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs>